Climb aboard the struggle bus. You got problems just like us. Climb aboard the struggle bus. Let Kate and Sally help you. Welcome to the struggle bus. I'm Kate. I'm Sally. And we are here to fix your lives. That said, mm-hmm. we're two people whose only qualifications to give you advice are that we have lots of feelings and lots of opinions. Neither of which are a substitute for professional guidance. We did it. We did it. Oh, man. Yay. I, I got ready for any potential things that could make me giggle. You know, I noticed that. And, and I, it happened. But I just, I plowed through. I stayed focused. I didn't realize that I do try to make you giggle. Like, I it's love not it. intentional. Don't I ever just, stop. I make a face. Um, so, yeah, you guys are great. Oh, my God. Tweeting at us yeah. at struggle bus pod the nico at sumi cats i'm obsessed we had a fan that wrote in and taught us how to pronounce nico yeah. at sumi but i don't know if i'm doing it right yeah so. i didn't i sort of skimmed over it yeah. I, I don't know i'm sorry to uh hurt your ears and skip so over people, us when we say that i guess yeah they made us cats and our yes. cats like to hang out shocking they hang out and our cats are awesome and have like cool personality traits and look adorable and fun yeah the, the cat versions of us are like Maybe better than the human versions of Ex- us. I mean, I'm not saying, but it could be. But it you, might be. Yeah. So keep emailing us as well, strugglebuspodcast at gmail.com. Use the hashtag strugglepodbuds420 to find a struggle buddy and send us photos of us as cats. And you can also tweet at Sally T and at SPK Heller, me. Um, awesome. How are you doing, Sally? Because I am not good. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, I will talk about how I am and then we can talk about your not goodness. Great. Okay. Um, I am, I'm well. And I... I decoded a compliment that I was given a few weeks ago. Hmm. And um, I thought I'd talk about it for a second because... Was it like a, a backhanded compliment well, or was it one you just didn't get? I Well, I didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I was like, actually, someone paid this compliment to me through another person. Mm-hmm. And that person told me what it was. And... Um, I don't really want to give too many identifying details because... So it was word of mouth. It was Yeah, like but it okay. was like, you know, reliable source. But anyway, the point <laughs> is, um, when when I was told what the compliment was, I was like, oh, that's nice. Is that nice? That's interesting. I, that's nice and interesting. I like sort of couldn't figure it out, but I just kept thinking about how interesting it was. <laughs> <laughs> Spent a little time thinking about sure, it. Sure. Talked about it in therapy. I was just about to say, did you talk about it? <laughs> I brought it up as like a side note and we spent a cool 43 minutes talking about, about it. About 43 minutes. <laughs> yeah. That sounds about right. So, um, and I decoded that it was, it's like just, it was one of those compliments that um, as I wrote in the doc, every rose has its thorn where it's like, um, here's this beautiful rose of a compliment. Ooh, grab it and Yikes. you're going to get thorned. Exactly. Um, and so it was, you know, it was interesting to me to, um, Whatever. I mean, we all give weird compliments and like we turn out to secretly be like envious or weird or mean sometimes accidentally when we're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm really happy for you. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so whatever. This person is a good person and uh, I'm so sure you meant think well. they did mean it well, but you took it wrong for some reason. I, well, or? I think no. I mean, I think that they um, they were giving a compliment that they felt like was just really a compliment. But mm-hmm. I think that it was laced with unconscious things for them that they like feel about me but um would wouldn't actually say to me because it would be like hard and weird and difficult to say mm-hmm. and like so good intention not not like a weird not not like something that's said to like take me down a notch but like right. inadvertently takes me down a notch I totally did that by accident uh last week I went to an audition and this never happens I swore I thought it was voiceover so mm-hmm. I didn't 
get dressed for the part. It looked good. I had makeup on, whatever. Um, but I got there and it was on camera. And I was like, ah, shit, oh, playing same. a mom. And I was wearing like really cool clothes because it was laundry mm-hmm. day. So I was like, tight jeans, awesome, like <laughs> asymmetrical sweater. I'm a nail in this. And I get there and I'm like, oh no, I'm not the mom. And there's a girl next door auditioning for some model hair ad. So she's this gorgeous eight foot tall, you know, blonde bombshell. And, um, you know, we were getting ready in the dressing room. I was trying to look like more momish. She's like, you look great. I was like, oh, I didn't know this was on camera. She goes, no, you look like a mom. And I was like, honestly, you look stunning. But like, you look more like a mom than I do because you're wearing a tank top. And the her face just Ooh. fell. And I was like, oh, shit. No, no, I didn't mean like that. And <laughs> yeah. she's like, no, I, I, do, I look fine, right? I was like, no, that's not... <sighs> so anyway yeah compliments are tricky super awkward. yeah I mean this was like this was like less a foot in the mouth situation and more of a like real feelings coming out accidentally right you know kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. but anyway the point I wanted to make was just that like um it felt good to like figure that out because it had been sort of sticking with me and I was like why doesn't why does this feel weird like why does it why does it feel like there's more here than the actual words and so I thought about it with the help of a therapist yeah and that's where the work is like that's yeah, what you totally. have to do and yeah whenever you're like really annoyed by something you're like it's so silly figure out why it's yeah. not silly yeah I know for me it's like if I keep thinking that something is like interesting mm-hmm. or weird those are my two words that describe like think about that more yes you know exactly well that's but good anyway enough about my thorny rose oh man how are you <laughs> I am good I am so tired I could not sleep last night oh, of man. course right until it was 5 30 in the morning and I was like I'll just get up and then I zonked uh. out and that was great um just feeling a little bit edgy my birthday's coming up yeah. feeling a little bit stressed I finally am throwing a party I know I'm very excited I did the thing where I finally I just asked for help some friends of mine I was like hey can you just help me finagle the most amazing thing ever and it turned into the most amazing thing ever within five minutes uh. so it's it's going to yeah. be, um, yeah, it's going to be really, really fun. And now I'm excited about it. But well, I think I'm just feeling overwhelmed a little bit. Yeah, you know? that's fair. I mean, I also feel like the lead up to a birthday is just like a terrifying and sad time Always. <laughs> for all of us. But I think thanks to my friend Betsy, who does the affordable interior design uh, business hey, and Betsy. the podcast, Big Design, Small Budget that I've been producing, she helped me come up with a business name for my podcast <gasps> business. <gasps> Should I reveal it now? Tell me everything I'm right trying now. to get the website, but like somebody owns it and we're going back and forth. Um... This is her idea. The podcast shop, consult, no, coaching and production. Ooh. She's like, Catherine, you're also a coach. And I'm I like, love it. And I like podcast shop because it's like, yeah, you're shopping around. Like, I do different things. That's I can awesome. teach you how to do it yourself. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, but podcastshop.com is not available. I'd like to buy a podcast, please. Exactly. We have more in the back. And it's like small business feel to it, yeah. but like still kind of quality yeah, and shop. creative. I you like can spell it. shop with two P's and an E if you want, just to get quaint. Stop it. Wait. Is that, is that URL available? I don't know. We're going to check <laughs> on that. Anyway, so I think I'm going to stick with that. You guys all gave amazing suggestions, but we'll see. I need to sort some things out, so that's good news. Well, congrats. That's really Thanks. cool. Thanks. So, um, yeah, things we did to help ourselves this week. Mine actually dovetails okay. from that. I uh, reached out to friends to help plan my party and I straight up said I have no idea what to do I need help and they handled it it's amazing do you want to say what the party's going to be or do you want to not reveal it a what it's going to be yeah Um, a karaoke extravaganza my friends they do these characters called uh Dick Swizzle and Perry Comover, these like 70s lounge hosts and they're hilarious and they're hosting the karaoke for me so like I don't have to be the person you know what I mean okay I didn't get that it's next level shit so like you know those parties where you're like oh you you're like hanging out with people and trying to you know do your thing they're in charge of the party holy shit they're hosting the shit out of it so I don't got to do nothing but enjoy myself this was already going to be really fun 
this just got like 20 times funner. Yeah, they're like putting on a show for me, basically. Oh, man. So, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. For free. They're like, yeah, let's do it. That's going to be a good time. I'm so excited. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I did. Sally, what'd you do to help well, yourself? Well, I, here's what I did. Because the Google Doc looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very long, it's a longer entry than usual. So, anyone who knows me knows that um, I really like to work out. And I sometimes like it so much that I do it really hard and either get injured or really wear myself out to the point where I can't work out for a couple of weeks. That's happened before. Kind of my thing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I'm really exploring it. I'm unpacking it. Mm. I know. I get it. It's a cycle. So I'm always like really psyched to be getting back to working out or nursing an injury I have. Like one of the two. So I decided that I was going to like, I I always recommit to being more moderate and Mm. being like, I'm going to rest when I need it and I'm not going to go extra hard. And, but I, I do that for like a week and then I stop. So I decided that I was going to actually keep track of my workouts and like try to see if I could, if like kind of keeping track of like my streak would uh, motivate me to be really careful so I can extend my streak. So I just went, I went old fashioned. I Hmm. printed out a, a calendar for January and a calendar for February. And every day I work out, I write down what I do. When I rest, I write rest if I can't work out because I do have like ongoing knee problems um, that, yeah. that I, I can sort of control but also but sort of can't. that's because you're literally keeping track of what you are doing to yourself. Mm-hmm. And you can use that in any situation. Like, yeah. am I resting enough? Why am I stressed this hour? Yeah, why? and I can like look back and be like, oh, maybe that's why this hurts because I didn't take a rest day or whatever. Yeah. So um, that's great. Yeah, so and I, I'm in my sixth week of working out without having to stop because I, I've overdone it, which for me is like – a miraculous streak. And you jog and remind me you also do like other things. I, like I run and I lift stuff. weights. Right, okay. And so I can just sometimes like I sometimes go too hard either like in a workout or I work out when I shouldn't. I'm already tired yeah. and stuff like that. And at my advanced age and also like <laughs> and my constitution is like if I tire myself out, I've just I really cannot recover from a hard workout mm-hmm. the way I, the way I used to in the old days. So um I don't know. This really helped me. I know there are apps that allow you to do this, but there's something for me about writing it down, and I have it on the fridge, and I can look at it and take little notes. Yeah, you know, highly I, recommend it. When I do my to-do list uh, every day, I have to handwrite it, and I do little boxes that I check off. But when I do it on the computer, I feel like I'm just going to ignore it. But yeah. when you have the paper, it's physically there. Right, you beholden it's a good to it. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. So everyone, print out some calendars and keep track of some stuff. Do. Um, I could read the first one if you want. Yeah, go for it. Uh, Okay, so they chose this fake name, um, and it's Garnet, Mm -hmm. and they want they, them pronouns. Okay. Uh, Hello, y'all. So the short of it is that I had been engaged to my partner of three and a half years for about six months, and we have totally beasted communication. Bested? Beasted, beasted, communication-wise, a number of challenging periods, nine months long distance, moving across two state borders. Recently, we had to call the wedding and all off because he figured out he wants kids. This threw me for a loop because one, he's one of the smartest people I know, education and emotionally wise. Two, I am and have been very open and consistent that I never ever wanted kids and they kind of creep me out a little. Three, this all makes me feel second fiddle to a partner and kid that does not yet exist. All this is pretty fresh, one week after calling it off at this point, and we have sort of semi-settled on like a poly kind of relationship that we will continue to have discussions on what that means and what that will look like. 
Though I'm a bit shook up about all this, it's kind of been a relief because in the past two years, I've been reevaluating parts of my identity, I've identified as pansexual for a long while, and I've increasingly felt like I'm genderqueer or agender. This has felt like a bit of a relief because I feel more comfortable taking a deep breath and working towards expressing myself in a more public way and exploring more to figure out my identity. All this rambling leads to my question. So, my partner and I have been discussing a poly relationship structure might be a way that we can stay as involved in each other's lives and he could get the opportunity to maybe have kids. I only know a few folks that are in the poly community here and they are pretty young and not dealing with kid BS, so they aren't much help. If y'all had advice, if this was a worthwhile type of relationship to try versus being friends or fuck buddies, that would be amazing. Also, again, we are very good at communicating and I'm in therapy and medicated for my generalized anxiety and agoraphobia. I hope this made some grain of sense. Um, thank you, Garnet. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sally, what do you think? Well, I think um, the question, just to be clear so I know, is should we consider a poly relationship? Is that okay to do when you're having a kid or your partner has a kid, I guess? A I little think, bit of both? I think the question is like, should we be in a polyamorous, polyamorous relationship or should we consider being fuck buddies right, or okay. friends? And he wants and then, to have a kid. Yeah, and then I think the kid stuff is like is part of it. Mm-hmm. Like it allows them to have, it allows him to have a kid and them to still be in a relationship. Right. Um. I mean, I... I think that, uh, okay, I think that often times, many times, sometimes, maybe once in a while, um, when people have relationship problems, um, one of the solutions they come up with is to be in an open relationship. Is open relationship the same thing as a polyamorous? It's different. Polyamorous means loving many, I believe. Um, I'm, so- I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I think that means loving others, being in love with others and having it be okay as opposed to having sex with other people but not like dating them okay do you know what i mean okay I so think i'll that's say open relationship yeah, yeah um why don't you guys write in and tell us what you think all these words mean? please that do would be i very should helpful. be googling <laughs> this right now but. but like basically i think that oftentimes opening the relationship is seen is like used as a solution to something that's not working within the relationship and i think that if opening the relationship is being used to address the problem of one partner being like i want to date you and other people and the other partner either feels the same way or consents to that arrangement, that seems like it's an appropriate solution. But being in an open relationship to solve other problems of compatibility, I'm I'm not saying it's like a bad idea or that can never work, but I'm not really sure how it it addresses the problem. Because if you're if you're dating someone who has a kid and you're you're actually really dating them, it's I would think difficult to not become a co-parent of a sort. Catherine, what do you think? I mean, I actually did date someone with a kid for a very long time. And yeah, it it affects everything. Um, My advice, I guess, would be I don't know what relationship structure is going to work best for you. It could work out. But when you have a kid, it changes everything. I don't think there's a way you can know what's going to happen. As far as advice, I mean, it sounds to me like you're both communicative. I think it's great that this person realized, you know what, I do want this. And it's good that they could tell you so you didn't go ahead and get married and then all of a sudden, whoops, you know. Um, I feel like you just need to keep exploring it, but understand that the second there is a child involved and another parent of this child, it's not that easy until the kid turns 18. You know, Mm -hmm. it will take up, even if you're in a, uh, you're married, single parent, whatever, for many years, it consumes your time. It just does. I'm not saying kids are bad. I love them. They're great. But oh my God, they're always going to be the center of Mm -hmm. many decisions. So, and I think that's also, 
And uh, that's a really important point, I think, because Garnet, you seem to be like, you seem to have a lot of strong feelings about having kids. Like you, you talked about um, dealing with kid BS. You said you're surprised that your partner wants to have kids because he's generally emotionally, uh, he's smart education wise and emotionally. Um, kids creep you out. It seems like you have a lot of things around kids, um, and that's that's okay. Like many of us do, um, but I I think that uh, I think that um, if you're going to I, I think you should investigate that with respect to being able to date someone who has a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also you talked about worrying that you're like, you're already worried that your partner is going to pay more attention to this kid than you. And I think that's also something to look into. And I think that uh, all this stuff around how we feel about kids like when even when you don't want kids, like exploring it is useful because you can think about your own how you were parented and all that jazz. But I think the main thing is like um, is being in a relationship, even if it's open with someone with kids, going to work for you? Yeah. And also, I mean, I think you know this, Garnet. Garnet? Is that it? Uh, Garnet, yeah. Garnet, yeah. Um, you can be smart and still want to have kids. <laughs> I mean, right. Well, that that's kind of what I was getting yeah, at. Yeah, exactly. You, like many smart, emotionally stable, wonderful people want to have kids. Yeah, So exactly. let's, I just want to be not uh, kid- having phobic exactly and also yeah and I I mean I really don't know it sounds like you are such good friends and I would hate to see you not in each other's lives and I'm sure you'll find a way but again uh, just a heads up having a child in the mix does change a lot of things and it is also important to discuss these things before the kid comes because worst case scenarios what if you end up you know breaking up way down the line are you going to be able to still see the kid if the kid gets attached to you there's a lot of things that can happen um, so just you know be cautious and know that it's not just about polyamory or open relationship. There is now an extension of your partner that's going to take up a lot of their time. Mm-hmm. And will you be okay with that? How do you feel about knowing you're going to be in a child's life? I'm sorry, you do have to think about these things. Mm-hmm. You are going to be a part of this kid's life in some way or another. And that's a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't know what to tell you exactly, but if you can make it work, fantastic. Best case scenario, actually. I'd love that. Like someone with a kid and then I could hang out with them whenever I wanted to and like go home and not and have bounce, the kid. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's kind of like being an aunt. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't want to keep saying this, but I will. I'll say it one more time. Kids are a lot. They're fucking wonderful. I love them. I loved my time with the child and the, the guy I was in a relationship with. Uh, but it does take precedent and yeah. it should. Um, and like just like disclaimer, which we've said before, but I'll say it just in case because I can like sort of hear like the angry fingers tapping Mm -hmm. um you know people can be in open relationships and be wonderful parents I'm sure there are many absolutely loving wonderful great parents who are in open relationships and raising children and I think like we've said before what makes a good parent is like emotional stability and being able to provide like a safe and affirming environment for a kid and like all that stuff so this isn't what that's about exactly just wanted to be clear exactly yes exactly so Garnet keep us posted yeah all we're just saying is that uh things change when a kid's involved yeah so um yeah do keep us posted though I'm curious and um okay so this email oh yeah madman this this email is from someone who disclaimer I know oh oh right Um, I sort of know this person but I've never met them yeah okay um and he would like a madman name what do you got Catherine um, okay, uh, I'm just going through Ginsburg Duck. We already used Don. I just want to say that at the live show, oh my gosh. when we asked Janine for 
uh, TV character name. She was like deep in the cut. Like she was like uh, Janice on it from Sopranos. Oh and, my god, Janice well, is a great character. And Birdie, she wasn't she the one she that did came Birdie, up with Birdie. And when I said duck, and she goes, "Oh, good choice." Like no joke, yeah. I freaked the fuck out yeah. on the inside. I was like, "Oh my god, she likes me." I thought me. my respect for her could tower no higher, and there we were. It, exactly. Now, what is a guy we've not used? Oh, Pete. Pete. Obviously. All right, Pete. Pete Campbell. Okay, so this right. email is from Pete. Yeah. Hello, Kate and Sally. I live in a small rural town in Alabama and have most of my life. I am turning 30 in two months. I was actually in New York during the blizzard, and while I was there, I was given the opportunity to relocate to New York and pursue my life's biggest passion, which is music. Sounds great, right? Here's the thing. I am fucking terrified. Up until now, I've had a very stable, comfortable job in the hotel industry and a very low cost of living. That is pretty much all I know. I've never been in a position where I had to hustle or scrape together jobs. I just have no experience. It's not that I don't think I can do it. I'm just so scared. This is a huge life change for me, a total upheaval right as I start my 30s. I am going to do it because I don't want to end up living here for the rest of my life, but I haven't had this much uncertainty in my life in a long time. Do you have any advice for basically starting over or huge life changes? All right, Pete. The good news is um, I very much support the arts. I think it's wonderful to have this opportunity, give it a chance. There's a way in which it will always work out, even if it doesn't work out the way you want it to. So absolutely. The other side of the coin, though, is uh, trust your gut because it sounds like you are concerned about something. And I think you need to explore that. Again, I'm not telling you not to follow your dreams, but I will say if you are having red flags, you need to identify why and prepare yourself. And the last thing I'll say about having uh, odd jobs in New York City and being artistic like I am doing um, and you as well, like we all you know, just get by and stuff, doing what we love. Um, It is really hard. You have to have several jobs. You have to do something you say you've never done before. Um, It sounds like you had a comfortable job and it was easy and you made a lot of money. That's not going to happen in New York. Um, So you just need to prepare yourself. So again, I don't mean to be like doomsday, whatever. I think it's great. I think everyone should consider following and pursuing what they love. But you need to recognize all the things that you need to be prepared for. It is hard Mm -hmm. and it's a very volatile business and even if it's a steady thing, musicians I know who uh, tour and stuff, they still have to do studio albums to make extra money. They they bartend like successful people still have to have side jobs when they're not on tour. Mm -hmm. Sally, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, okay, so Pete, so first of all, congratulations on getting this opportunity to pursue life, your life's biggest passion. That's a fucking huge deal. Totally incredible. I think oftentimes like, you know people are put in a position where they have to make the change and hope that they can pursue their passion rather than like get the opportunity and then have to like make ends meet like I for example I moved to New York when I was I mean I'd lived here before but when I moved back this most recent time I think I was like 32 and um I was making a career change I was like I don't want to be a community organizer anymore I think I want to be a writer no experience in that (laughs) Uh, no connections and I just moved to the city and of course I knew people here um, and I had just come off a steady job where I had health insurance so I had some money saved and I had friends who were very kind to me and let me crash with them until I got settled Um, but it was a hustle and and I came here like not having that opportunity I was like let me see if I can grab this opportunity which is the thing I think I'm passionate about um and um, I am really fortunate it it all came together and now I do have like a, a day job which allows me to do something I really like and also I have health insurance which is amazing mm. um but you know the first like 
three years I was doing it, it was really like a combination of doing a lot of stuff for free in order to get experience and get people who would, um, you know, recommend me for other things and also doing stuff for low pay and also um, just cobbling together a bunch of things and being like, how can I get another thing that doesn't eat up all my time because I still need time to do the thing I love, but it also needs to pay me some. And it's just tough. But the thing is, it sounds like you... So I, I guess I guess the first thing is I'm saying all that to say it can be done um, and it's a hustle and it can be tough, but you can do it. Um, I think like Catherine said, kind of identifying the things that are you think that you anticipate are going to be the most difficult. Um, I think the, the practical things, I think it's like important to know, OK, like rent is going to be really tough. How am I going to do that? Cost of living is going to be tough. But the other things that are going to be maybe even tougher are like you've sort of alluded to, which are just like it's a kind of a new way of life it's really different from living in a small town um being a freelancer that hustle is really different from what your day job has been like how is it going to feel like what's it going to be like for you just like I guess emotionally like health insurance yeah yeah Yeah. well so those are the practical things but like just kind of like I think more like the adjustment piece um is good to pay attention to and like also know that you have a support system like I mean you are moving there are people you know here um and I I think that like the worst case scenario is that you need to take a break from the thing you're doing to go back to having a day job so you can save some money which you know would suck but also like you have like a a pretty rad skill set and you have a history with you've worked at hotels a company for years it sounds yeah. like and um, also and so there's hotels in New York you know so there's yeah. always that and so I just I think you know remembering that there's like a support system and a safety net and like something to go back to not so that you can like plan to go back to that but just so that you know that if things don't come together you know you're not like totally f. if it makes you feel any better and this puts things in perspective I have a friend who's been on Broadway he was just on TV in a TV show very successful actor uh he still has to teach classes on the side to pay rent mm-hmm. I mean that is very normal I have friends who've been on Broadway who have to work separate jobs as well so just because you have to work another job does not mean you haven't made it but in New York City you might have to take several jobs in order to do the other thing that is paying you mm-hmm. um and that's that's something to be expected and don't feel like a failure if you have to mm-hmm. but do expect to have to do that it's a bit so, of a hustle yeah, yeah for sure but I think um it's also really fun um you also meet people who are doing stuff that you're doing and people who are like putting together different projects so that they can do the thing they love and that's really exciting also being in New York is really exciting and I, like I think you know I mean I actually don't love New York that much but coming here from another place is really fun and cool and new and there's a lot to explore and there's a lot to do and I think that my overall thing would be like you, you seem appropriately concerned that it's going to be a hustle so I, I I think that's great but I think also just fucking lean into it and just like have fun yeah and also you know what advice wise uh, while you're coming here community is key in any new environment even if you're a kind of an introvert sometimes it's just good to have some kind of community if you go to church if you uh, like taking classes if you like dancing if you like going out to a bookstore or whatever, find community because they can help you get the connections if you need help. So that's really important too. Yeah. You know, getting out there. Leaning in, what? <laughs> Lean into it. I don't know if we, did we give advice? We sort of did. Be really worried about money and have a lot of fun. Yeah, I think my advice at the end was, uh, and find community. And find community. Yeah. Okay, so that's sure. legitimate advice. Pete, I hope that helps. Yeah, and we're really excited for you. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Um, the last one. Here we go. Okay. Fake name our choice. Are we going to oh do God, Nico Atsume? Yeah, I think we probably should. 
Um, okay. Sassy Fran, did we use her? We did. We did use Sassy Fran yeah. in the live show. How about, um, who's another one that's come to Marshmallow? It? No, we already did Marshmallow. Have we used Frosty? Snowball. Oh, have we used Snowball? I don't know. Frosty. Let's do Frosty. Okay, Frosty. Okay, great. <clears throat> uh, Frosty says... I hi, hi fellow humans I'd really like some advice because I'm honestly stuck a little about me I don't like labels but when I'm forced to use them I identify as a rad queer human I happen to be married to another super rad human from the outside looking in we appear to be your everyday heteronormal couple with a small child that's not actually the case my life partner also identifies as queer and it just so happens that we met each other and fell in love we had an oopsie baby that's probably not okay for me to say but it's the truth Finding out we were pregnant was an oh fuck moment. We became parents and actually love our spawn more than life. Well, what do you do when your families don't agree with your parenting choices? I recently landed the job of my dreams close to our hometown, and we thought it would be a fantastic opportunity for our child to be around family, and it is turning into a straight-up nightmare. The move basically depleted our finances, and the housing market here is none non-existent so we moved into my family home my parents also live here but we have one of the half of the house to ourselves and we are actively looking for a place to live besides the fact that they think we all are all going to hell they can't understand anything we do as parents and it's causing some major friction we are going to look at a rent house tomorrow but the last month has made me want to pack up and move the 1,500 miles back to where we were so that I can parent in peace. Is there a way I can approach this without ruining everything forever? All my love, Frosty. P.S. I drive 45 minutes one way to work and back, and I basically only listen to podcasts. So besides Lady Power Hour and Tell the Bartender, thank you. What do you recommend I marathon next? Awesome. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for uh, dropping Tell the Bartender. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to answer real quick because I have one thing to say. Okay. So this person does live unfortunately with their parents and they feel that they're making poor choices etc um it's tough because when you live with your parents as an adult you kind of have to go by their rules Mm -hmm. and it sucks and that's kind of what you're dealing with and as far as parenting choices I don't know any specific examples but um they're always going to say something my mother has so many things to say about my sister's parenting choices even though they're both great Mm -hmm. um that's just sort of normal but it can feel shitty the solution, I think, would be as soon as you can get out of that house because, unfortunately, they're older, they're set in their ways, it sucks. If something serious is happening where they just don't approve of you in general and you're, it's really a rift between you, that is a conversation you need to have. Maybe you need to take some time away from each other. But this happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Sally, thoughts? Yeah, I think, you know, like with... I feel like almost everything in life, you either have to decide that you're going to not let it bother you or you have to talk to them about it. Yeah. Um, And I think the thing is when it comes to friction with parents is that, you know, there are some things that you feel like you need to address because there's some ongoing thing that you feel like they're doing and it's making you feel bad or sad or whatever. Um, And then there are some things that parents do that you just have to chalk up to like it's the way they are and they're flawed human beings too and their need to do this uh and their maybe also their inability to see that they're doing it or change what they're doing trumps my need for them to change the way they're behaving and I think you know we do that with a lot of people in our life we like deal with the flaws that our friends have and our coworkers have and we see them as a whole and I think with parents it's really hard to do that because sometimes what they do cuts so deep because you know they raised you um that I think it can be hard to sort of just like brush off whatever you think they're doing Mm -hmm. that is 
terrible. But um, and you don't always have to brush everything off. I, I think, you know, if there are things that you think you can solve by talking to them, go for it. But I think a lot of with a lot of parent stuff, it's better for your relationship and ultimately better for you to um, make a decision about what you can sort of let go of which doesn't mean you can never find anything they do frustrating or hurtful but it just means that um, maybe you don't let it enter the relationship maybe don't let it ruin your day yeah like how bad is it is it nitpicking that's constant or is it like no she can't your child can't wear a dress in the house my rules are she has to wear all black night I don't know whatever it's a cool rule yeah exactly I mean that's in my house obviously (laughs) um if it's totally unreasonable yes that's a conversation but you know someone's always going to have an opinion and your parents you know I'm sure you see other parents who talk about the way they parent and you know they don't agree with people it is annoying but um like I said unfortunately their roof their rules Mm -hmm. is a thing you know and um try to get out of there as soon as you can yeah um but it sounds like you do want to have a relationship with them and have your kid have a relationship with them so it's probably better if you just uh we're not so close to each other physically. yeah I think that I mean it sounds like you know since this happened when you moved in maybe once you move out it'll sort of dissipate and if it doesn't you can just decide like I know a lot of people have to say to their parents like hey like I know you have opinions about what I'm doing as a parent but I want to let you know that this is the way I'm doing it and it's really hard for me to do this when you're in my ear so it's gonna have to stop Mm -hmm. and um you can see if that helps. Oh, yeah. I'm totally judging my sister on the inside, you know. Uh, and I, I say things and I don't mean them, too. Like, I don't realize that I piss her off sometimes and then she'll bring it up. So yeah. sometimes you maybe just should say to them, like, oh, hey, it really bothers me when you say that and see if they change. Yeah. And if not, you know, it sounds like overall you guys get along. Yeah. Yeah, you know, as much as you can. <laughs> yeah, so Frosty, good luck. Oh, so as far as podcasts, oh, yeah, um, was- I'm really glad you asked this because I'm recently completely obsessed with a podcast called The Friend Zone. Um and Who does that? Um, it's three co-hosts, um, Asante, Fran, and Dustin. And it's great. It's like usually about an hour, maybe sometimes a little more. And mm. it's uh, like a mental health and wellness. And sometimes mm. they talk about physical health um, chat. And it's like it's really funny and it's it's never mean. It's But it's edgy and fun. Yeah. And I actually my girlfriend told me about it and I started listening to it a couple weeks ago and I think I've listened to every episode so check it out it's called The Friend Zone and it's on Loudspeakers Network great Um, I actually really love political shows and one show that I cannot get enough of is Radio Dispatch Mm. hosted by John and Molly Neffel who I totally know for a long time now they're kind of like my adopted uh, siblings I love their show because they talk about politics it's very interesting they have really great takes on matters but they're also so funny Mm -hmm. and the fact that this brother and sister actually get along uh so well that's the most amazing part they're so cute they're like they just love each other they also know so much they are so smart smart. yeah molly had a great take she's also a part-time teacher after school uh teacher and she had a great take on the controversy in new york about success academy the charter school where they were like very abusive towards a kid but like was the teacher being abusive in my mind yes but some people were arguing that's how they learn and molly had a wonderful rebuttal and she really said listen to that yeah she said things that I didn't even think about I was like wow that's a great point so they're both so smart John is like an amazing journalist and he's going to Istanbul next week to do some you know on the ground reporting and stuff so they're they're really smart that's cool but also funny yeah they're real funny radio dispatch I gotta check out that rebuttal because that video just yeah it's from last week yeah sent shivers down my spine I had a minor panic attack I was like oh right I uh yeah there, and there's so much wrapped up in there about like race and class and stuff. I we mean, we can't get into now. We, yeah. Uh, so yeah, if you haven't heard about this, uh, the New York Times recently ran a story about charter schools and somebody took uh, footage 
uh, behind, not behind the scenes. Um, it was an assistant teacher. Right, assistant who, teacher who secretly took footage yeah. of the way teachers are taught to uh, speak to six-year-old kids. <laughs> well, yeah, she, yeah. Well, I guess, I guess the controversy is like, are they taught that, or is just this one woman just like having a, a little bit of a meltdown? Yeah, it wasn't the one woman. So it's like this. It's footage of a teacher being so mean to a small child, yeah, and like raising her voice and just being so cruel. It's pretty hard to watch. And I had a great conversation with my boyfriend because I showed him that, and he's like, "Well, I used to work at a charter school, and there is a way in which that can work." But he he agreed that was like awful what she did, but. It got into a great conversation about what is a good method of teaching. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I don't think that's a good method. It's so terrible. And also, so many people wouldn't want their special, precious white children talked to like that. Oh, but never. they think that when, because it's a charter school and most of the kids are black and from economically disadvantaged communities, mm-hmm. they need to be screamed at because they need more discipline. Yeah. It's, yeah, no, I know we can go on forever, oh but God. definitely listen to John and Molly talk about it because oh God, they I'm have some, rage. I know, but you would love this. <laughs> okay, Molly I'm has listen some to amazing things to say. Okay. So yeah, thanks guys. You are being so great. Um, tweeting at us yeah. oh my goodness it's the end uh, at struggle bus pod your letters keep them coming keep the letters coming uh, struggle bus podcast at gmail.com use the hashtag struggle pod buds 420 to find a struggle buddy tweet at sally t and tweet at me at spk heller you are also awesome sally what is the gosh darn song of the week okay the gosh darn so i was just looking at a tweet that so we also got a tweet about how to pronounce i think it's neko at sumi oh it's neko at sumi i'm not sure because i actually don't understand the tweet but point Uh, is we're saying it wrong anyway so song of the week (laughs) let's go back to the song of the week okay um i talked about compliments that are roses that have thorns and i thought what better terrible metaphor to put into play here than the song Every Rose Has Its Thorn by Poison. Sally, you do realize that you have to sing this at my birthday party. That is, I'm not going to lie, half of why I chose it. Because uh, who, I mean, I feel like I don't really do karaoke that often, but I've done it like once but in my life. But when you do. <laughs> but when I do. But um, but if you're going to do karaoke, you're going to want to do a power ballad. Obviously. By a glam metal band. You I, know what my song is? Tell me. 18 in Life, Skid Row. I have it memorized. I don't even need to look at the words, you guys. So good. It's going to be amazing. Um, So this is, as I'm sure you already know, uh, a huge hit from the band Poison. Yes. It was released in 1988. Uh, it's from They're their... They're a Christian rock group, their right? al- They're a Christian <laughs> rock group. It's from their second album, Open Up and Say Ah, which I feel like is an incredibly <laughs> problematic... I don't think it's about dentistry. Um, but so the story behind this song is just basically like um, Brett Michaels... That's who's... That's who Poison is, right? I Brad think Michaels. So, yeah. Um yes, yes, yes. Okay, so uh, he Rock of Love. He I was uh he called his girlfriend one night when he was in the laundromat waiting for his clothes to dry. This is from Wikipedia. Oh my god. And seriously? he called his girlfriend on a payphone. Uh, if you guys know what payphones are, it, there used to be these things that were they were rectangles and they had mm. a like a I don't know if you've seen them like in old TV shows, but it's a thing you put to your ear. Superman uses it to change. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Same deal. Um, and he called his girlfriend from a payphone and he heard a male voice in the background and he was devastated. So yeah. he wrote, he went to the laundromat and I don't wrote, think he was really doing laundry. I mean, he probably wasn't doing laundry. Um, and so this is the song that is the result of that. And if you read the lyrics, it's, it's amazing because it's just like full of these like really clunky metaphors that are very... Uh, yeah, like uh, every rose has its thorn, just like every night has its dawn, just like every cowboy sings his sad, sad song. Um, Oof. Yeah, so that's a real choice <laughs> selection. Uh, but now I hear you found somebody new and that I never meant that much to you. <laughs> to, hear, to hear that tears me up inside and to see you cuts me like a knife. Because, yeah, every so, rose has its thorn. Yeah, so... um. 
I don't know. This is a classic. Get into it. It's great. Yeah, I'm so excited. Well, thank you for that. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm Kate. I'm Sally. Bye. Bye. We both lie silently still in the dead of the night Although we both lie close together We feel miles apart inside Was it something I said or something I did? Did my words not come out right? Though I tried not to hurt you Though I tried But I guess that's why they say Every rose has its thumb Just like every night Has its dawn Just like every cowboy Sings a sad, sad song Every rose has its thumb Settlers a game of easy come and easy go But I wonder, does he know Has it ever been like this? And I know that you'd be here right now If I could let you know somehow I guess every rose has its thorn Just like every night as it's done Just like every cowboy Sings a sad, sad song Every rose has its thumb Though it's been a while now I can still feel so much pain Like the knife that cuts you the wound heals But the sky that style Instead of making love, we both made a ceremony. And now I hear found somebody new, and that I never meant that much to you. To hear that tears me up inside, and to see you cuts me like a knife. I guess every rose has its thorn, just like every.
has its dawn Just like every cowboy sings a sad, sad song Every rose has its thorns